0: Amen. Well, thank you so much, Ashley and Pastor Adam. And I do want to say just, um, wow, I'm not over that message from last weekend. Anybody else? Amen. Um, I'm so grateful to be a part of a church family where we don't get over it. Amen. You hear me? We don't get over it. Amen. Uh, I, I don't like to go to church and feel like, well, that was nice. That was nice. It's great to come to church and sense God spoke to me about something. And I need to think about that. Amen? And I just want you to know that sometimes that means today I need to make a decision. I think maybe more often than we expect sometimes. And I want to encourage you to maybe get a little more current with that decision making. That now's the time. The Bible says today's the day. If God is speaking to your heart to respond to him, but it's also okay, I don't know if you're like me, but maybe some of you have heard me say before, sometimes I just, hmm, amen, (laughs) I just leave just shaking my head and just kind of saying, God, I know you're speaking to me, I don't know exactly what you're saying, but I'm open to it, amen, and I trust that that's what happened to you last weekend as we thought about one of the most special things on God's heart. I've said before I think maybe every Christian should pretty continually ask ourselves, am I supposed to be somewhere else in the world sharing the good news? And should we foster or adopt? I think those are pretty close to the heart of God. And so I encourage you to continue to to chew on those thoughts. Well, as Pastor Adam said, this weekend we were going to start a brand new series in the book of Nehemiah. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, when when he said uh, we're looking forward to sharing that next week, Shannon said, "Well, we'll see." Amen. <laughs> we're we're looking forward to hopefully starting that next week. But as I shared with you a couple of weeks ago, hopefully you know God picks the messages as we uh, seek Him and uh, trust that He has a message for us this week. And I sense as I was praying about what the Lord had me to share with you in preparation for this weekend that the Lord was speaking to me about a message that He has for us. As his people. In case you missed it, we had an election a couple of weeks ago. And it has not been easy. And it hasn't been pleasant. Amen? But by the way, a little perspective. When is it ever? Right? I mean, mean, that's just the way these things go. But even after election day, it's been kind of rough, hasn't it? And it's kind of hard to get a read on things, but it seems like there might still be some rough road ahead before it's all finished. And I was reading God's Word, I was spending some time with the Lord, and I sensed the Lord saying, Robbie, I want to speak into that. As your country, as the United States, is going through a challenging time, I have some things that I want my people to know. And as I said, he very clearly led me to a passage of Scripture that I want to share with you this weekend. Now, before we get into these verses, I want to share some things with you. First of all, this is one message. This is not a series. I know there are many different dynamics going on in our world right now. It's very complicated, very complex. There's a lot of pieces to this puzzle, this mess that we're looking at. And I prayed about that. I prayed, Lord, do you want us just to kind of pause and just kind of Think about some of those things together, maybe for an extended period of time. And I don't believe that's what he wants us to do right now. But I do believe he has a clear message that maybe he's not everything that he's saying to us, but might be one of the main things that he's wanting to say to us as his people. Friends, this weekend we're going to talk about remember your purpose. We're going to turn to 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8-12. through 12. 1 Peter chapter 3, if you're not as familiar with the Bible, it's in the New Testament. There's the Old Testament. There's the New Testament. And towards the end of the New Testament, you'll find the book of 1 Peter. Turn to chapter 3 and look at verses 8 through 12. With all that is going on in our country right now, it could be easy to be disoriented. It could be easy to be confused. It could even be easy and tempting to get angry, to lose our focus. To lose our perspective. Listen, why don't we come to church? Because I need to be reminded of my purpose. Amen? I need to be reminded. And I believe that the Lord <clears throat> wants to either remind you, remind us, or maybe for some of us to teach us about that for the very first time today. Before we read these verses, I want to start by giving you some context for what we're about to read in 1 Peter Listen, I think that sometimes we get caught in this trap of thinking we've got the worst, right? We think, the enemy wants to tell us, we've got the worst. You fill in the blank. Today's the worst. The worst situation any country, any people have ever faced, today's the worst. Uh, our, our, our family's the worst, Amen. We're just in the worst possible. Nobody's ever had it like us. And that's not helped when we hear over and over again, this is the most important election in the history of our country, right? <laughs> this is the most important election in all of our lifetimes. It's going to mean everything. It just ratchets up those senses. And I guess the point is, if we're not careful... We can almost get in a mindset that it's all negative. That it's all bad. That it's tough. And we can get scared, we can get confused, all those emotions and more. But listen friends, it's good to get perspective. As we read 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 8 through 12, I think we need to understand that the book of 1 Peter was written to believers long ago, who were going through, to say the least, some very, very hard times. And honestly, in many ways, in most ways, harder than us. Much harder than wherever we are right now, for the most part. In fact, 1 Peter was written probably to many Bible teachers believe the way it's written, the audience was probably a mixture of Jewish and Gentile believers. It was believers, followers of Jesus, but many who came from Jewish backgrounds, many who came from non-Jewish backgrounds. And it was written to an area of what is called Asia Minor, be modern day Turkey, what we call Turkey today. And it's believed to have been written about 62 to 64 A.D., Just before, or at the beginning of a very severe persecution of Christians by the Roman Emperor Nero. Nero, remember I told you a couple weeks ago? These Roman Ruthlers were ruthless. He put together the plot to kill his own mother. That's about as bad as you can get, amen? Many people believe that Nero himself had Rome set on fire, had a section of Rome set on fire because he had plans to build something else. And so he, he, behind the scenes, manipulated so that it would be set on fire and then blamed that on the Christians. A Roman historian tells us that. He blamed it on followers of Christ. And as a result of that executed many of them. In fact, it's been said that he took their bodies and put, lifted them up and set them on fire to light up Rome at night. By the way, that leader was so troubled, it often happens this way, doesn't it? That a few years later in 68 AD, he took his own life. Now prior to this, followers of Christ had mostly been persecuted by the Jewish people. But this was the beginning of many persecutions against Christians that was led by the state, that was led by the government, by the Roman government. So if you just kind of take yourself back a couple thousand years ago, these earliest followers of Christ, you can imagine that they were beginning to ask, hey, things are beginning to get pretty rough. And they are beginning to wonder, what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to respond to this? How are we supposed to live in a culture like this? We just want to follow Jesus. Amen? I just want to follow Christ. I just, I just want to love the Lord. I just want to do His will for my life. I just want to share His wonderful message that Sean gave great testimony to. Jesus saves us from our sins. God came for us. God came into this world so that we could be forgiven if we'll put our trust in Him. He defeated our sins. He rose from dead, from the, from the death, from death, from the dead. I got, I'll get it here in just a minute. You know what I'm talking about. From the grave. How about we say it that way? And so Christians were saying, how are we supposed to live in this very difficult and really very hostile world? I want to encourage you to go back and read the first the book of 1 Peter. Because before what we're going to read right now, the Lord gives these believers some very specific instructions. He talks about having hope. And listen, He talks about where we find our hope. Where we put our hope. He talks about being prepared for tough things in life. Listen, He talks about being careful not to get bitter and resentful. But listen, listen, To work hard. To stay fervent in our love for one another. We need to hear that, don't we? To work hard at caring about each other, not getting so bitter and resentful. He talks about staying in God's Word. He talks about letting God use our lives. He talks about not getting tangled up in the things of this world through temptation and the dangers of sin. He talks about keeping our testimony positive. He talks about, listen... Even with that government. 1 Peter talks about respecting government. And the authorities that God has put over us. Even very ungodly ones. Many times. He talks about dealing with hard or hostile employers. About understanding suffering. About facing struggles in your marriage and in your home. Like I said, it sounds like a bunch of us need to read 1 Peter. Amen? But then after sharing all of that. He says this in 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 8 through 12. To sum up, okay, do you, do you see why he said that? I just gave you a paragraph, a long list of specific instructions that he gave to them and to us from the Lord. And he says, to wrap all that up, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted. And humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. For you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. For the one who desires life to love and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. Listen, listen. we're going we're to see. These are things that we think, oh yeah, the rest of the world ought to be doing these things. God's saying we, I should be doing these things. The one who wants to inherit a blessing, the one who wants to see good days and good life, must keep his tongue from evil, his lips from speaking deceit, must turn from evil, do good, seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are toward those people, What a powerful statement. The eyes of the Lord are toward people who are doing those right things. And His ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. This is the first thought. The first takeaway I believe the Lord wants us to get from these verses today. In verses 8 through the first part of verse 9. Write this down. We are called to be a blessing to this world we're talking about remembering our purpose and listen I said there's a lot of dynamics there's a lot of different directions we could go there's a lot of things we could talk about there's a lot of considerations but we're talking about big picture let's don't forget what we're here for we often say and this is true the reason that we're here is to share the good news the reason that we're here is to share the good news that people can be introduced into a relationship with God that lasts forever amen But listen, I want you to see that actually more precisely is an extension of what we're talking about today. What we're talking about today is we're blessing people. Not we're verb blessing people. That's true. We are adjective. We are blessing people. Amen. That's what kind of people we're supposed to be, which ultimately ends up in sharing the good news. We are called to be a blessing To this world. Most of you know that I grew up in another part of the country called the South. And I have some great memories about where I grew up and what that's meant for my life. But one thing that I did not like that I sometimes saw growing up was something, listen, that I call sweet meanness. Or you might could call it courteous cuts. I remember noticing that sometimes people, Christians even, knew how to say something really nasty to someone but have a smile on their face while they're saying it. Wow. And though that's something I remember observing growing up, I don't think it's just a southern thing. Amen? I've seen it in other people in other parts of the country as well. And I want to say even Christians, but dear Lord, I might even say especially Christians sometimes. We seem to have figured out how to be sharp with someone while still wanting to appear nice. And that's not a good feeling, is it? And it's not a good look to a watching world. That is not what we're to be about as believers. We are called to be a blessing, not a curse to this world. We're called to help this world. We're called to help the situation, not to make it worse, not to bring a curse. Let me read to you First Chronicles chapter four verse ten. And I'm going to read it in the New, the New King James Version. Has anybody ever heard of the prayer of Jabez? I guess it was about 10 or 15 years ago, it really became popular. A guy wrote a book kind of investigating that. And it was really a very powerful emphasis. But this man named Jabez, and Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. By the way, do you know what Jabez means? Basically, he's a pain. That's what his mom named him. He was painful in his birth. She named him, he's a pain. Wow. Wow, what a blessing, amen? Thanks, Mom. And Jabez seems to have this desire. He says, Lord, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. My mom named me. He's a pain to this world. And that is not what I want. Amen. Listen to this. So God granted him. What he requested. Friends, the Bible says that we are to be a people of blessing. It goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Do you remember that story? If you're familiar with God's word, you've heard about the call to Abraham. Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives. That's really, in a sense, how all this got started. Abraham's kind of the father of faith, of trusting God from your relatives, from your father's house, to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you I will curse. And in you, Abraham, all the families of the earth will be blessed. As a result of Abraham and his family... And all of His children, of which we are, right? Ch- spiritual children. Children of the faith. As a result of us being in this world, the Bible said this world would be a better place. We are called to bless and not to curse, to help and not bring more hurts. Now let's look at how that's emphasized in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. He says, to sum it all up, like I said just a moment he." He's given us a lot of things to think about. But he says, to sum it all up, I want to finish up with these thoughts. Then he says, all of you. I love how God anticipates our responses. Because somebody right now in this room or watching with us online says, well, I know this ain't for me. I know he ain't talking to me. Well, God's got your number, amen? Because he said, all of you. He knows that some of us are going to feel that way. And so Peter says, just so we make sure you understand, no, it's for you too, buddy. It's for every single one of us. And by the way, if your response is, I know it's not for me, it probably is especially for me or for you. Then the Lord gives us some specific instructions. I want you to write these down. Guy's trying to teach us. Friends, listen, we're going to acknowledge some things here in a minute. This isn't the whole story. This is the big picture reminder. Why am I here? What, what difference does it make that God left me in this world? Why? When Sean accepted Christ, why did she not go straight to heaven? When Robbie accepted Christ, why did he not go straight to heaven? God left us in this world for a reason. What is that reason? To be a blessing. So he says be harmonious. Write this down. Don't be disagreeable. Now actually that can be translated be like-minded. Or be of one mind. But I like the translation be harmonious. Or try to get on the same page. I like that. Or don't be so disagreeable. I don't think the Lord is saying that we all have to see everything the same way. I think it's more of a call to have a desire, when at all possible, to try to get together, to try to understand, rather than our knee-jerk, sinful reaction, and automatic assumption during difficulty, well, there's no way that's going to happen. God's challenging us to not be so disagreeable, even to You could say here, be agreeable. Do your best to try to work together, to try to understand. That leads us to the next thing. Be sympathetic. Try to understand others' perspectives. It can be translated, have compassion. Have understanding towards other people. But it literally means to try to feel what someone else is feeling. Friends, listen. I'm going to tell you right now. Naturally, I struggle with this. I constantly have to work on putting myself in someone else's shoes. But it is a constant discipline that I seek as as God works in my life, as I'm dealing with other people, if you get around people for more than five minutes, something's going to go wrong. Amen? Is anybody married in the room? Don't say amen too loud. Amen? Lord, I don't see everything I don't understand everything. I have some things to learn. There's some things I need to grow in. I feel strongly about some convictions, my understandings about God's work and God's will. But Lord, teach me. Help me to try to understand whether it's for me to grow or whether it's just out of kindness to someone else. Be sympathetic and then be brotherly. Love people. In fact, this is kind of a love-like family kind of word. It's where we get our word Philadelphia. It means brotherly love, brotherly kindness. When you treat someone like a brother, isn't that different than seeing them like a stranger? I mean, it's easier for me to smart off to somebody on an airplane than it is at my house. Amen? Or even to call back to, to, to family, live in other parts of the country. It's easier for me to do it on an airplane because I don't know you. And I'm never going to see you again. And God has to remind me, don't be like that, Robbie. Be kind-hearted. Write this down. Have the best intentions. It literally means good-hearted. Make sure to the best of your ability, your heart is in the right spot. Your intentions, your motives, your goals for whatever's going on are good ones. It's a good question to ask. Have I been checking my motives lately? Wait a second. You know what I ask myself sometimes? Why am I getting so upset about this? Amen? Why, why does this stir me up so much? What is it about this situation that's, getting, that's so important to me? He says, be humble in spirit. Write down, truly be humble. On my own, I'm assertive. I'm aggressive. Many of you are too. I I can be a little heavy or I can be a little harsh with my viewpoints. And in those heightened moments, our sin nature can take over, can it? And it can destroy any chance of humility. This person, this government leader is challenging me in my views and I'll show them they won't get the best of me. It's something we need to pay attention to and ask God to help us with. Be humble. That leads us is the next thing that's more general, but maybe is actually the specific guidance that God is intending here. Not returning evil for evil or insult for insult. Write this down. Don't retaliate. Don't seek revenge. And don't hold a grudge. This and what we're about to mention next are some of the biggest things that sets us apart in this world. Because nobody can do this on our own. Amen? Nobody wants to do it. And nobody is able to do it without God's help. Only Jesus can help me not want to fight back, right? Or if someone is insulting me to insult them. But no, instead, instead of the world's way, it says giving a blessing instead. Write down, seek to be a blessing in this hostile world that we live in. Again, there's, we're going to talk about it in just a minute. This is not saying, be a doormat. This is not saying, don't ever speak up or say anything. This is not saying that. But it's saying, our general leaning is, I want to be, make this place better. I, I, after, because Robbie Lankford exists, the world is better. Amen? Amen? Hopefully, for you and for me. It can be translated, say a good word, instead of saying words of hurt. Now, I want you to think about it for just a minute. Think about it. The people who this was written to. In a world where they had a government leader who literally killed his own mom. Who reportedly burned the city and blamed it on Christians and had them executed for it. Can you imagine coming to church that weekend? Just go be a blessing. Yeah, I got your blessing right here. Amen. as we think about that I want you to watch this video with me and think about the power of being a blessing
1: first thing I do when I open my eyes I say thank you Jesus I'm just grateful to be in today And I'm always asking God to help me to be a witness to somebody during that day. I've always wanted to drive a school bus. Cooking and driving a school bus was two of the major things that I always wanted to do. I'd been driving the bus five years. My son came home one day and he said there was a restaurant Next door to his barber shop, and he wanted me to open it. So of course I told him it's crazy. That's when he come back and said to me, "Well, Mom, you pray about everything else, so pray about it, and let the Lord lead you, and maybe see what the Lord said about it."
0: We have an Almighty God who is committed to guiding us. don't you trust Him as you're savior? the Scripture said,
1: "This is the day that the Lord has made, and we'll rejoice and be glad in it." We're letting them know we're glad to be in His day. Every morning uh, before we go to work, we have a devotion. The Holy Spirit who lives within you shines from your face. You have a different glow about you when you have the Spirit of the Lord in you. Even though we got these masks on, we still got to look like Jesus. They always start your day with Christ, and it'll go well. It's a boost for the beginning of my day. In a day, you you anxious to see who comes through the door. And every opportunity that you have to share with them, especially to share something about Christ, that is my prayer. And that he has not let me down yet. It's always somebody I can share him with. Well, the first day we opened and you know, I was just very excited, just thinking, you know, a lot of people would show up to eat. But nobody came. I had a homeless man to come by and he looked like he was hungry. So he went and found me a lot of homeless people and I started and I fed every one of them that day because I had no customers. It does not matter how many paying customers we serve. What matters is the people that come through the back door. And every time they come, I just get a feeling of joy that I felt like, wow, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. That started the ministry that the Lord was trying to give me to be able to take care of the less fortunate. You've been in business 20 years, you know a lot of people. As a, these people that come through, and they like family. And, and they help me to be able to do what I need to do. So some of them will say, you know, it's, it's just amazing what you do. And I said, well, you know what? You can do the same thing. It don't matter. You can do the same thing.
0: Wow, amen. You know, as I watch that video, there's so many things that kind of go through my mind. Just, um, wow, so much of what we've already brought up. But you know what really comes to my mind? Surely. What a blessing. Amen? What a blessing. And there's a lot more to that video. We didn't have time to show it all. We're going to, if you're following on Facebook, we'll put it in the comments, the link for that. We'll put it on our website later. But what a contrast to what we were just talking about. Amen? In a world full of mess, in a world with all these things going on, so many difficult things, God put a lady named Shirley And she's being a blessing to this world. Now, before we move on, no doubt some of you struggle with some of the things that I'm sharing, maybe don't even like it. Number one, don't get mad at me. This is God's Word. Amen? So you get mad at the Lord. But if somebody would honestly say, Pastor Robbie, I'm just being honest with you, are you or is God saying we can't stand up for what is right? We can't speak for truth when there's wrong? Well, The first question I would ask is this. I don't know why Christians are always talking so much about standing. I hear people say, everybody everybody at work knows where I stand. Everybody in my family knows where I stand. I said, well, why do they know that? Why why do you got to walk around and be telling your stance? I don't understand. It's so defensive and so argumentative. It doesn't mean you have to compromise truth, in love. But why do we have to always be taking a stand? I don't quite understand that. But yes, there are times when we should speak. And to be honest with you, maybe some of us, God's speaking to us about doing that a little more often. But when you do, I want to give you some things to think about. Write these down. First of all, understanding. Before I say anything, do I have a clear understanding of the situation? Number two is truth. Is what I'm going to say true? Thirdly, is love. Is this loving? Because the Bible says, speak the truth in what? In love. It's not 50% love, 50% truth. It's 100% love, 100% truth. Jesus came full of grace and truth. He was full of both. We should be full of both. Think of necessity. Is it necessary? Is it critical? That is a good question that a lot of us need to ask. I may want to enter into this, but is it necessary? Amen? Do I need to say something? Think of the word person. Am I the right person? Am I supposed to say something? Am I supposed to speak up? Or is someone else better suited? Or is someone else taking care of that? Think of your mindset. Do I have the right mindset? This is very important. We should be nervous until we ask, am I being dead to self? Very important. Am I seeking to serve others and not be served? Very important, friends. Think of timing. Is this the right time? Think of location. Is this the right place? And maybe to simplify it all, think of increased blessing. Will me entering into this bring more blessing? Now listen, I... I know that blessing can be accomplished by truth and love being spoken even if somebody doesn't enjoy it. So that is valid. But, but I just need to ask, is the situation going to be better as a result of my actions? Somebody says, well, if you have to go through all that, you'd never say anything. Maybe. Maybe. James 1.19 Be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Amen. Now, we need to remind ourselves on a regular basis, especially in hard times. What is my purpose? My purpose is to be a blessing. But here's the second thing. Fulfilling that purpose brings blessing to us. I want to read verses 9 through 12 one more time. The second part of verse 9. For you were called for the very purpose. Listen, you were called to this. To what? To what? Y'all been listening? you were called to what? To blessing. You were called to this for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. For the one, me, you, who desires life, the one you meet who desires to love and see good days must keep you, me, not the other people, me and you. We must keep our tongue from evil and our lips from speaking deceit. We, I, not the other person, me, I must turn away from evil and do good. I must, he must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are towards me when I'm like that. And his ears are listening to my prayers when I'm acting like that. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. That's not talking about everybody else. That's talking about me in my wrong response. Wow. Wow. Now, unless we're, listen, let's give a little credit here. Unless we're just being self-righteous and proud and using God as our excuse to say what we want to say, I believe that most people are well-intended, right? You love the Lord. You want to do right. You want to see right. If you're upset, it's because right is not happening. You're wanting to make a difference. You're wanting to make sure that God's way is heard in all those things. So it's often not the fact that we're engaging but often, what we're missing is that we're not doing it God's way. It's how we're engaging. You are not going to accomplish God's way. And you're not going to experience what you're wanting to accomplish. I'm wanting to accomplish good, but sometimes I'm just doing it the wrong way. We're not going to unless we do it the way God says to do it. The path to more blessing is to seek to be A blessing. Look at what God's Word says here. If you're just wanting to see God's work happen more in this world, the one who desires life, the one who wants to see life happening more and more, not death, amen? That's me. I want more good, right? I want more good in this world. That's me. That's you. The one who desires love, true love, good things to happen, that's me. That's you. I want it to happen more and more. That's our heart. That's our desire. The one who desires to see good days good things more and more, if that is really what we want to see happen, He gives us several pieces of direction. How you can see God's blessing in your life more and in this world. Number one, watch your mouth. That's all throughout the Bible. He just says it right here. Watch your mouth. Keep your tongue in your lips. He says it in two different ways just to make sure we didn't miss it. Keep your tongue in your lips. From evil and deceit. Number two, turn away from temptation to do wrong. Don't seek revenge. Don't seek retribution. Don't seek to harm other people. Turn away from those things and actively look for good that you can do for other people. My goodness, I mean, surely. You know another word I thought of when I was watching that? It's humble, right? Such a sweet, humble lady... By the way, I guarantee you, surely ain't a pushover. Meekness does not equal weakness. Do you hear me? The word the Bible uses for meekness is strength under control. It's like a great horse, a stallion that's being held back by a bridle. Boy, you see that thing just to shake it. Amen? It's, 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 It's veins bulging. That thing is not weak. But it is under control. Amen? Turn away from things temptation to do wrong, but actively look for good, for ways that I can bring God and His goodness to bear in this world. I'm at Walmart. I say, "How's your day? It's terrible. Instead of saying amen to that, what a mess we're in. Amen? So you know what? I'm really sorry that you're having a tough day, but I'm kind of struggling with stuff too, but God's the only one that gets me through it. I'm just going to pray that He's going to help you today. You brought God to bear on someone's pain. Amen? Actively look for ways to do good and actively seek to be at peace with other people. Friends, listen. I'm a sinner. No, amen's to that one. Y'all can hold up. There's a part of me that enjoys engaging in a non-positive way. Um... Well, intense fellowship. Amen? There's, there's a part of me that enjoys that. But the Bible says don't do that. Don't enjoy argument. Don't enjoy dividing people. Don't enjoy taking sides. Be a part. Listen, I, this is not cotton candy and fruity pebbles and snowflakes and little white kittens. I'm not saying we don't live in a tough world and things are hard, Okay? I'm saying with all of that reality in mind, I want to actively, in a disciplined way, led by the Holy Spirit, say, why is Robbie Lankford here? Because if I wasn't here to be a mess anyway, let's don't make a bigger mess. How can I bring peace? If it's at all possible. It may not be possible. Because as I said, it's to those kind of people, the Bible says, the Bible, That God sees, the eyes of the Lord are toward them. You want God to notice your life? You want God to hear? You want to know that God's hearing your prayers? Have that kind of attitude. God, I just want to be a, be a blessing. Isn't that what Shirley said? I just wake up every day. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm just glad I can be part of it. Wow, what an attitude. I guarantee you, God hears Shirley's prayers. Amen? He's looking to work strongly. 2 Chronicles 16, 9. The eyes of the Lord. Are roaming around the earth looking. Those He can work strongly on their behalf because their hearts are completely His. Wow, that's, that's powerful. In a messed up world, God is with me. And to people who don't approach, not people, Christians, to Christians who don't approach life and God's work His way, the Bible says God opposes them and is against their efforts. We often get it mixed up. We often think God opposes the humble and blesses the proud. But that's not what it says a few few verses over from this in 1 Peter. God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. So if you just want God to work in your life, just say, God, I don't know what to do. I need you. God is just running to help a person like that. But if you want God to frustrate your efforts, then say, I don't need God. I'm not going to do it God's way. I'm going to do what I want to do. Friends, we live in a very messed up and dangerous world. First of all, like I said, read First Peter. He says, why are you so surprised by the fiery trial that comes among you? As if it's some strange thing. Amen? We keep trying to make this home. I'm just passing through. I sure hope so, because I don't like it here that much. There's some nice things, but this world is not my home. So quit trying to make it a home. Yes, be a witness for God in whatever that expresses. But let's don't let our sin nature destroy that witness in the name of God and accomplish things that we want to and not what He was intending to Friends, there's a lot more we could say. I know that. I know there's a lot of dynamics. But I just felt strongly that God, as His servant, wants me to equip our people. Hey, hey, I just got hit by a transfer truck. What am I doing here? I'm confused. I feel like I kind of have a concussion. Amen, anybody? I'm in concussion protocol from the election. Amen? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing here? I'm not sure but I think I'm supposed to be a blessing. So let's let's go that way when I'm not sure. Amen. Would you bow with me for a moment? Father, we thank you so much that you are not some fake, made-up, distant, plastic, pretend cartoon god. We thank you that you're real. And you see where we live. You see what's going on. Lord, as we've acknowledged several times, there's a lot to it. And we're not going to answer it all in one message. Not even in a whole series, probably, could we touch on much of what we need to consider and deal with. And Lord, in this world that we live in, especially right now, but I thank you for just reminding us in your word, you're called to be a blessing. You're called, some might say that the world will be a better place, but it's kind of different than that, Lord. We're called that, because we're here, God is here. Because we're here, God's stuff happens. And yes, Lord, you speak to things, you speak truth. But you do it much differently than we do, many times. So teach us, Lord. Teach us. How is this world? How is this country? Lord, how is this house looking more like God and what He would want to happen because I'm in it? Lord, we know you've called us sometimes to say things. And Lord, honestly, there are some in the body of Christ that you've called to have a little bit more of a prophetic voice. Thus says the Lord. Maybe with a little more strength behind it. But it just seems that Christians often enjoy that too much. Help us to be careful, Lord. Much like anger. Anger's not wrong. But often we don't experience it in a good way. So help us, help us to fulfill the purpose you've given us and help us to accomplish what we're really intending, I believe, is to do good, but to do it your way. Father, I pray that there's someone here right now that as a result of hearing this message and these songs and hearing Sean's testimony is just beginning to realize that you're the one that their heart is looking for. Maybe they know. They're not going to get all the answers tonight, right now, this moment. But somehow they sense that they're found in You. And Lord, they're right. Your Word says that all of it is found in You. And us giving our life to You. And I pray if there's someone here like me, when I gave my life to You, Lord, like Sean, like others. Lord, that tonight would say, I don't have all the answers I'm confused, I'm scared, I'm I I just don't know what the future holds, but I know I need to give my life to God. I pray that right now they would say, Dear Lord Jesus, please come into my life, forgive me of my sins, and be my Savior. I need you, God, and I give my life to you. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you're willing to save if we will trust you like that. And I pray for your people, Lord. I pray that we'll leave with a clearer perspective of the purpose that you have for us this week. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.